Breakfast. We have a guest right now, Cantor Vera from Temple Emmanuel on Main Street in Haverhill. And uh, Vera, thanks for uh, joining us once again here on WHAV. Good morning, Wayne. That's a pleasure. Uh, it's uh, always nice to have you here. And, uh, and you know, every once in a while we, we'll uh, run a story in the news about uh, things that are happening at Temple Emmanuel. But uh, first and foremost, um, you are still in the midst of... Uh, observing Passover, right? We are. Today is the next to last day of Passover for folks who, when they're in Diaspora and not in Israel, count eight days instead of seven of it. So that's where we are. And, um, and eating the, uh, a lot of matzah. Uh, now, matzah, it, that's unleavened bread, is that right? It is. It's unleavened bread. Um, these days it takes the form of a, of a kind of cracker-like, um, crumbly crumbly piece all right and uh and for those that that uh, don't quite know why unleavened bread why don't you uh fill us in on that sure um the first and most important reason for us is that it's it's commanded in the torah that's the basis of the holiday um observance is that we should eat unleavened bread for seven days again eight outside of the land of israel because of a Hangover from when our when our dating system was less precise and people wanted to make sure they had the right day, but um, for seven days we're we're told all chametz, all leavened bread that's been kind of puffed up with hot air or made with fermentation can't be found in our houses, so we eat the matzah instead. And um, this festival of unleavened bread is also uh, tied most strongly to the exodus from Egypt, to going free from slavery and oppression. And we're told that the um, the children of Israel when they were running away from Egypt after Pharaoh finally agreed to let them go. They left in such haste, such speediness, because they were nervous of Pharaoh changing his mind again, that the dough that they had made for bread for the journey didn't have time to rise, and it baked flat on their backs. And there's a, there's a cantor of my acquaintance who put up a picture on Facebook of her brother baking matzo dough flat on his back in the Florida sun this year, which I thought was quite something. Wow, well, something to do during the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and and uh and how are you handling uh, you know, that situation? You you can't get uh, people to the temple, right? No, we are we are closed um, physically but very open virtually. We've been running our services. We have a final Passover service with Yizkor, a memorial service tomorrow morning at 9.30 on Zoom. We have our Yom HaShoah service, our annual Holocaust remembrance with a bunch of interfaith clergy and a wonderful author who's coming as our guest tomorrow evening. I'm sorry, on Friday evening at 7. Um, we have been enjoying the capabilities of Zoom and letting us all meet together virtually and pray and talk and sing and um, see one another's faces. So we're grateful for that technology. Yeah, but you you like it, but you don't like it so much that you wouldn't you wouldn't change back if you had the chance, right? Oh my goodness, meeting in person there's no there's no substitute. I think everybody is is missing and kind of craving that in person human experience, the joys of running into somebody who you didn't expect, or sharing a hug, or sitting next to somebody at services, or eating together. All of that are things that are very precious, um, I think, to people everywhere, not just in religious communities. And we will be so, so glad to get back once it becomes safe to do so, um, to in-person services. But in the meantime, you know, it, it is 
wonderful to have these opportunities to at least continue to gather in a virtual space if we cannot be together safely physically. That's right. Yeah, and all of the uh, all of the the folks in uh, in government, you know, they're they're doing all their stuff too uh, as virtually as as possible, and and uh, that's worked out very well for them. So uh, that's good. Yes, I am always grateful when I see press conferences and, and other publicized events and officials are doing their part to stay six to ten feet apart. That's a nice thing to see. <laughs> Hopefully that's not just for show. <laughs> I, I was thinking about that, yeah. <laughs> I, I saw one with uh, Marty Walsh uh, the other day, and they I think they, they uh, went to him a little bit earlier than he expected, and uh, he took his, his uh, mask off. So uh, I thought that that was uh, kind of humorous right there. Hey, uh, tell us a little bit about um, tell us a little bit more about what's going to be happening on Friday night. We we did run that story. It's a you, you've got uh, some folks from uh, other churches helping out. Yeah, you did run it. Thank you. Um, so Friday is our Yom HaShoah service. Yom HaShoah means Day of the Holocaust. The word for Holocaust in Hebrew is Shoah, meaning disaster or calamity, and we re- we gather together to remember the atrocities that were committed, to um, to honor the memory of the people who have died in them and since, and to also use it as a place to recommit ourselves to never allowing, as a as a species, as a human family, never allowing such a thing to take place again. And so, for all of those reasons, it's very important um, and very meaningful to us that interfaith partners, um, specifically the local clergy, come and participate. So we're we're blessed this year. Uh, five um, reverends and and Father John Delaney and Victoria Kennedy, who's the head of school at Bradford Christian Academy, our our neighbors and friends. Um, Reverend Sarah Golden, Reverend Frank Clarkson, Reverend Kit Lonergan, and Reverend Zach Harmon. All are, are all coming together to participate in the service with us. And we have this special guest, author Helen Epstein, who just published her mother's book, Francie's War, which is a memoir of uh, surviving the Holocaust uh, in Czechoslovakia and then in, um, I think, three or four different different um, concentration camps. So she published her mom's book just uh, just last month, and she's going to come and speak with us about it. So all of that will be very, I think, very meaningful and um, and very educational, and we're glad to have the partnership and the company of our friends as we do so. Yeah, I can't uh, I I can't imagine uh, you know how strong you had to be to to uh, be able to uh, be fortunate enough to get through a concentration camp. Have you had a chance to uh, see any of that book at all? Yes, I've read it. Uh, it's an excellent book, and yeah, I think I think the words you used are right on point. You have to. You had to be both strong and fortunate. You had to um, tell yourself you were going to survive and act as as strongly as you could to make it so. And you also had to be lucky because there were plenty of people who did their best and did not survive, and that was not that was not their fault. We do not blame the victims of genocide, but we give thanks for those who who were able to make it through, like Francie Francie Rabinick Epstein. Yeah, uh, yeah. amazing. Sorry, go on. Oh, I, I was saying, I was going to say that uh, sometimes, and I've read this about prisoner of war camps. Uh, you know, if they have, if they have a plan, so they have a goal to uh, to shoot for when it's all done, uh, that helped them out quite a bit too. I believe that's true. Um, having clearly in your head 
the the determination and and the picture of what survival might look like um, in the book. There is this amazing narrative shift that happens as as she gets further into the jaws of the Nazi death machine into the into the jaws of the concentration camps, where her narrative voice shifts from being in the first person to being in the third person, which I thought just so beautifully um, evoked this kind of um, survival numbness that like it like a shield you have to say okay these are things that will that will swamp me emotionally and mentally if I let them so I'm not going to let them I'm going to create this little bit of distance so that I can keep functioning how about that and then at the end of the book it switches back to first person as she realizes that she that she is going to survive that she has survived Wow, that's great. So this is all uh, going to be happening Friday night virtually and uh, from Temple Emmanuel in Haverhill. And uh, how would somebody uh, hook into that? Somebody would email Nancy, our executive director, Nancy LaFleur, at nancy at templeemmanuel-el.org, and she will connect you with the link and the password. All right, so emmanuel-el.org. E-L. E-L, okay. Yep. Yale.org. Okay, and, and that's a good thing. Now, uh, now all of the uh, all of the uh, the the priests and the um, the the ministers that are also helping out are they all doing it from like their their studies and things like that? I believe everybody is is participating from their homes. Certainly, everybody is participating virtually. We're not going to be inside the temple space. Okay, and uh, and your guest, uh, uh, where is she going to be? She will also be joining us from her home, which is local. Oh, okay. She'll be, she'll be online. Okay. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Hey, you know, today is the uh, today's the anniversary of when the Titanic actually sank. It hit the iceberg yesterday, and you know, they they I bet that they kind of had to have that same type of survivor mentality to. Uh, to be able to make it from there, too. I, uh, that's my guess. Well, I think that just like people surviving any catastrophic disaster, some of them, um, yeah, some of them had that mentality. Some were lucky. Some were a combination of both. Um, when when things that are so powerful act upon you, um, choices that you make, you you do your best with the information you have and and what's available to you. And you pray. There are those amazing images and stories from the Titanic also of just incredible gallantry as the ship went down and of the musicians who kept playing on deck to lift people's spirits until the deck became too steeply sloped to continue. And I think we, we find stories like that in every disaster. There's that beautiful Mr. Rogers quote of look for the helpers. Um, but also people sometimes find themselves capable of far more than they thought they could do. And for some people, it's just too much. And there's—I don't think we get anything by um, by assigning assigning value. Like there's no <laughs> there's no way that one ought to behave in a catastrophe. One simply does what one can and what what one must, and one hopes that it's enough. Uh, very well put. Very well put. All right. So uh, so for your. Um uh, service that's going to be taking place tomorrow uh, is the uh, same deal. You, you get a hold of Nancy over at the temple. Mm-hmm. Yep, 
the details for that one are, I believe, posted on our website. If you go to the front page of the website and you look at the bottom right, there is a, a graphic that has a picture of a piece of matzah, that brown and white cracker. And you click on that, and then all the information for our, our Passover services is there, including the service tomorrow morning. All right. And uh, now you won't have any matzah for a while afterwards, right? You know, there is a special dish that we make in my house called Passover Crack, where we melt, uh, we make toffee, and we spread it over the matzah, and we bake that, and then we put chocolate over it, and then we let everything cool, and we cut it off. And my kids ask so fervently for that, that we may, in fact, keep using the matzah to make that particular treat. But apart from that, no. After Passover is done, we take a break from matzah for a while. (laughs) Although we sometimes keep finding it in unexpected corners of our house, because that is what matzah does. It crumbles, and it works its way into every part of your life. (laughs) How about that? All right. Well, uh, again, thank you, uh, so, uh, Vera, for joining us and giving us the, uh, you know, the the information about what's happening and and about the uh, the book too. Now, um, that book, uh, they, I guess, uh, I know in the in the past, uh, you know, when you when you've had an author there, they've uh, been available for, uh, for to buy the book and to autograph the book and all that stuff too. But uh, I'm sure that she would do that if if asked, right? I imagine she would. So this this is a slightly different format. Usually when we bring an author, there's an opportunity for a back and forth and book sales and book signing. Because this is a service, she's just going to be talking about her mom's story in the book. But the book is certainly available. I believe it's published by Penguin. Um, Penguin, let me take a look. And um, and I know it is it is for sale online. Um, there may be a way to to get in touch with with the author and have her. Have her sell a copy, have her sign it. Sure. Well, they can always uh, call your office and, and you can hook it up that way, too. Indeed. Yes, we can absolutely do that. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, uh, Vera, again, thank you so much for uh, for giving us all that information and uh, and you know and you know hopefully uh, technology. Uh, there was a little bit of a glitch with the uh, April City Council meeting last night, but hopefully the uh, the technology for tomorrow and and Friday uh, work out for you, and I'm sure it will. Thank you. I appreciate that very much, and we will continue to count our days. We're in the middle of going from. The second night of Passover to the holiday of Shavuot, when we celebrate receiving Torah, and it's seven weeks, and we count them each day. We say this is the first day, the second day, the third day of the Omer, and we we take steps, one one step at a time, one day at a time, from slavery to freedom. And so we're we're in the middle of such a time of waiting and counting now. We're counting our until we can come together again. All right, and and that will happen. I'm I'm convinced of that. All right. Well, again, thank you so much, and we'll get you back on again. All right. Wonderful. Looking forward to it, and thank you, Wynn. Oh, you bet. That's Cantor. Stay safe and wash your hands. Well, <laughs> yeah, and and use the uh, sanitizer too. Although they say washing your hand is is uh, more beneficial than the sanitizer, but why not use both? And make sure you get some face masks too. <laughs> oh, so much to do. <laughs> so, all right. Thank you very much, and and we'll uh, get you back on again. Wake up with Wynn Damon weekdays from 6 to 9 a.m. on 97.9 FM, WHAV. Catch the wave, W-H-A-V.